0: thank you wonderful musicians thank you many of you here know that my wife and I have a wonderful daughter named Amy who is married to to uh, Janos to Janos and I was reminded uh, recently of how little children can be uh, affected so much by their parents Uh, Amy and Janos have a little three-year-old boy, our grandson. And uh, baby Yanni, as I call him, although I probably should stop calling him baby now, Ruth, you think? But anyway, little Yanni calls me Papa, and he calls my wife Nana. So just recently, I was intrigued to hear that His mother, his mother uh, said to little Yanni, Yanni, what is Papa's name? And uh, he said, Nick. (laughs) And then she said, what is Nana's name? Cindy. And what is, what is your mom's name? Amy. And what is your dad's name? Handsome. <laughs> you know why he said that? His wife, his wife almost always calls her husband Janos calls him handsome. And if you want to see handsome, he'll be here tonight at the 6:30 service. <laughs> But I I listened to that and I thought, isn't it incredible how little children will be so very much impacted by the parents. And as I was thinking about the children who sat in the front rows here in church today, I was just reminded of how these uh, young boys and girls especially are so very much impacted by you as parents and grandparents. And by other family members as well. Amen? Let's get to the message. Or almost to the message. Our theme today is in pursuit of our personal Pentecost. I started the first part of the message last Sunday. And today we're going to go into the second part. And I want to ask you please to turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, and as you're turning there, I want to briefly address our radio listeners. Radio listeners, last Sunday, before the message, I encouraged you and invited you to, to go and worship with Pastor Trudy White and our Markham Village Church up there in Markham. And now today, radio listeners, those of you especially in the Richmond Hill area, Once again, this is Pastor Nick of Rosewood Church of the Nazarene, by the way. But radio listeners, those of you especially in the Richmond Hill area, I want to invite you to the Solid Rock Community Church of the Nazarene, which worships at Cosmo Music, located on Leslie Street, just north of Major Mackenzie. The actual address is 10 via Renzo Drive. And the minister there is Reverend Dr. Tina Pitamber, who is just an outstanding Bible preacher and teacher. In fact, I sincerely believe it's worth, it's worth driving an hour just to hear Dr. Tina's excellent messages. So I want to encourage those of you who don't have a church home up in the Richmond Hill area to go and worship with Dr. Tina Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. And her messages will really help you and the music will be a blessing to you as well. And that's, once again, Solid Rock Community Church of the Nazarene, Sunday mornings at 11. So now we come to part two in our message of In Pursuit of Our Personal Pentecost. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we read the following. Here it is. Let's read it out loud in unison together. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem throughout Judea in Samaria and to the ends of the earth that is the Lord's instruction and promise to to the disciples initially in that first century and to you and me and in the first part of this message I shared and talked with you about Number one, the Pentecostal promise. The Pentecostal promise is, you will receive. You will receive. And then we talked about the Pentecostal power. Number two, you will receive power. And then uh, we went on and we briefly talked about the Pentecostal person. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Amen? Amen? We now come to our our fourth truth in pursuit of our personal Pentecost, and it is this. Number four is the Pentecostal primary purpose. Verse 8 says, and you will be my witnesses. The Pentecostal power brought about by the Pentecostal person who is the Holy Spirit is primarily for the purpose of helping you and me helping us to be his witnesses that's what the Bible says the Lord's main desire for you and me is to be his witnesses to be to be representing him when we see for example Peters uh, bold bold way of standing up for the Christian faith in Acts 2 and when we see Peter saying in Acts 2 verse 38 repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, we see Peter being a wonderful witness. When we learn of miraculous signs and wonders, they were all instrumental in witnessing to faith in Jesus. When we see the early believers being generous, unselfish, courageous, and united, it was all for the purpose of witnessing to faith in Jesus. Now here is something which might be new to some of you this part of our Holy Bible is translated from the original Greek language in the biblical Greek language the word for witness w-i-t-n-e-s-s the word for witness and the word for martyr m-a-r-t-y-r is the same it's martas m-a-r-t-u-s a witness had to be ready to become a martyr. To be a witness means to be loyal to Jesus, no matter what the cost. In Acts 7, when we read about Stephen witnessing, and then when we read of him being dragged out of the city and being stoned to death, we find a witness who is loyal to Jesus, no matter what the cost. Stephen's example as a witness and as a martyr can no doubt cause you and me to ask ourselves the question, how loyal, how faithful am I to Jesus? How faithful? Amen. Since the Pentecostal purpose is for you and me to be Jesus' witnesses, where is this supposed to happen? Well, this leads us to point number five, which I call the Pentecostal plan. Verse 8 says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth now let's let's bring this a little bit closer to home okay jerusalem can represent the city in which you and i live judea can represent our larger province samaria can represent our neighboring provinces and possibly the United States. And to the ends of the earth can obviously refer to the rest of the world, world missions. You and I have a privilege and a responsibility to be representatives, to be witnesses for Jesus in our city, our province, our neighboring provinces, and countries all over the world. That's one of the reasons why we give generously to world missions, to help represent and witness for Jesus across this world of ours. But let's personalize witnessing even even a little bit more. A little bit more. It, It says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Think about this. Jerusalem can refer to those closest to us. Those closest To me, our immediate family, and our closest friends, for example. Judea can refer to people that we work with or or go to school with. Samaria can refer to people we occasionally cross paths with, such as the cashier at the grocery store, or the gas station, or the bank teller. And to the ends of the earth. Could maybe refer to people you might meet while traveling, while on vacation in different places. In order for you and me to better carry out God's Pentecostal mission, God's Pentecostal plan, you and I need, we need God's Pentecostal power. Amen? We need His power. And the best way for us to experience God's Pentecostal power is to seek. The Lord's Pentecostal precious fullness which takes us to our sixth point. And it is this, the Pentecostal precious fullness. We read about it in Acts chapter 2 beginning at verse 1 where it says, On the day of Pentecost all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. And began speaking in other languages. As the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. That's referring to the precious fullness. I want you to notice verse 4. All of them were filled with. The Holy Spirit. And in Acts 4, verse 8, we read, Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. And later Peter, Peter and John were meeting with a group of believers. And in the Bible, in Acts chapter 4, verse 31, it says, After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and spoke the word of God boldly. In Acts 6, verse 5, Stephen is referred to as a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. And in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, in the Bible, you and I are told to be filled, be filled with the Holy Spirit. My friends, there comes a time when you and I need to pray... And seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Is it really possible? Well, I want you to remember that first truth. The first truth. Remember the Pentecostal promise. You will receive. You will receive power. He didn't say maybe. He said you will receive. Amen? Now, I want us to further reflect upon this seventh truth, and it is this. The Pentecostal power results in greater generosity. We read of this, for instance, in Acts chapter 2, verses 44 and 45. Here it is. Verse 44 says, And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. And then in Acts chapter 4, verse 34, Acts 4, verse 34 and 35, we read, There were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. What is this saying? It is saying that these Holy Spirit-filled Christians were selfless and generous. There was a time, there was a time when they had been very self-centered, self-focused. They had had their own kind of me generation. There was a time when, when some of them were more interested in what they could get, what they could get from Jesus and from His church than what they could give. But now, after Pentecost, their selfishness turned into selflessness and generosity. They were a generous people. Now they were more interested in how they could help, help others and help the body of believers, help the church. And it was a wonderful change that they experienced. From my discussions with pastors across the years, and from reading and personal experience, we've discovered that sometimes some Christians are are still like many of the apostles used to be. Like the apostles used to be before they were filled with the Holy Spirit. There are some who are still self-centered and stingy. And I want to encourage you not to be one of those. Don't be stingy. Don't be stingy with your time, money, belongings. But be generous. Be generous. Say, Lord, fill me with your spirit. And cultivate in me this wonderful, generous spirit that we read of in the Holy Bible. Amen. Amen. Uh, Just for your interest, we as a congregation, as a whole try to maintain this uh, spirit of of generosity, even though we have a a large monthly mortgage payment and we have high local expenses. Last year, from May 2016 to to April 2017, we gave, I believe, about $165,000 to World Missions and other ministries outside of our local church to be a blessing in other situations. Amen. These early apostles had power for selflessness. Power for generosity. The question is, do you and I have that same power? Do we have that power? The apostles received that power through the fullness, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you and I can cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, do it in my own heart. Do it in my own life, Lord. Let it happen, Lord. Amen. I want you to also focus for a few moments on this eighth truth. And it is this. The Pentecostal power results in greater unity. The apostles, the apostles receive power for unity. Look at uh, Acts 4. Verse 32, read it together on the big screen with me. All the believers were united in heart and mind. Now that didn't, that didn't mean they all had the same opinions. It didn't mean they all cheered for the Toronto Blue Jays. Or the Toronto Raptors. Or the Cleveland Cavaliers. How many of you are cheering for the Cleveland Cavaliers? What's that other team? So I, I think there's some cheering for the other team. They didn't all cheer for the for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, that's a hockey team for those of you who aren't into hockey, the Cleveland Cavaliers. that's a, that's a what? Basketball team. All right? All right. It didn't mean it did not mean it did not mean they were all liberals or conservatives or NDP. But by the way, whoever was um, standing up here for the the Warriors, you know, you know, one of the reasons why I think they're they're ahead in the in the, um, in the co- competition. I mean, I thought you know they have this name, Golden State Warriors. I mean that, that's enough to scare any team, Golden State Warriors, and, and I think it's our brother from from um, down south that seems to be voting for them there, <laughs> our youth minister, Amen. All right, um, you know it didn't mean it did not mean it did not mean that all these folks in the first century it didn't mean they were all um, all white Anglo Saxons or Macedonians or Greeks. Or Guyanese, or Trinidadians, or Bayesians. Didn't mean they were all Kittishans, or Antiguans, or Vincentians, or Jamaicans, or Haitians, or Cubans, or Puerto Ricans, or Gren- Grenadians. I was just wanting to see if you'll correct me. <laughs> All right, didn't mean they all had European background or African background or Chinese background, you know, or Japanese background. All right. But but it did mean, it did mean that regardless of their differences, they said, We are going to love one another. Amen. Amen. Yeah, we are one in the bond of love. Whether we're for the Golden State Warriors or for the Cleveland Cavaliers, amen. In John chapter 17, Jesus said, My prayer is that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. What are we saying? We're saying these first century Christians had power for unity. So the question is, do you and I, do you and I have that power? Or or are you someone, are you someone who tends to cause division and problems in your family? At work, or school, or church? Don't give me any names, but... How many, how many of you happen to know some people in your family that tend to cause disharmony, tend to cause division? Don't, don't, you better not put your hand up. No, 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 no. The person next to you might be thinking you're referring to them. Uh, better not do that, all right? They had power for unity. And we praise God that that is possible. You know, we have to ask ourselves, and I ask you, are, are you a builder-upper? Are you a builder-upper or a tear-downer? Builder-upper. I'm glad to hear that. You know, you can have, we can have unity. The apostles, the apostles received this spirit of unity through the fullness, through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so can you and I. Amen? And what a joy it is to know that the Holy Spirit is Can give us attitudes which enhance the unity of the body of believers. Amen. Reflect for a moment on this ninth truth. The Pentecostal power results in more miracles. In more miracles. Look at Acts chapter two, verse 43. Acts two. Verse 43 says, A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And then if, if, you, if you take the time this afternoon, read Acts, Acts chapter 3, 1 to 11, about a crippled beggar who was healed. My friends, all of us, all of us long to see God perform the miraculous. Amen? Not, not, not just for the fun of it. Not at all. But because many times there are needs for miracles in your life, in your family, in your friends' lives, in other people's lives. And we have seen some miracles here in our church across the years. And we hear about divine healings and miracles in other congregations and in other other places which is wonderful at the same time I honestly cannot say why everyone that we pray for is not instantly healed I don't know why and you don't know why we we don't always have easy answers this topic itself could lead us into a long discussion however however I want you to know that I believe and the church of the Nazarene believes that God desires to do the miraculous through his people who are filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? Whether it's today, tomorrow, through the week, continue to pray for the miracle that you need or your family needs or your friend needs someone on our prayer list needs. Continue to pray. And so today, I invite you to be in pursuit of your personal Pentecost. Acts 1 verse 8 says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. My friends, Musicians, come please. I invite you. I invite you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, which will result in His power, result in becoming a more generous person, a person who who more naturally promotes greater unity. I invite you to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to trust in the Lord, to trust in the Lord, to do more miracles in your life and through your life For his honor and his glory. Amen? Amen? Let us pray. Dear Lord, we rejoice in seeing how you filled those early disciples with your Holy Spirit. You baptized them with your Holy Spirit. You empowered them, however we want to put it. And Lord... Centuries later, we cry out to you, saying, Lord, fill each one of us with your Holy Spirit. We think of how last Sunday was Pentecost Sunday. But Lord, we understand that we can have our own personal Pentecost. And we can cry out to you and say, yes, Lord, fill my heart, fill my life with your Spirit, your Holy Spirit make me and mold me on the inside into the man the woman that you want me to be purify my heart as you fill me lord make me make me more into that generous person that i can be make me into that person who promotes unity use me lord to bring about more miracles for your honor and your glory let it be so Father, I pray and pray for the many people in our Rosewood congregation here. I pray for our radio listeners, oh God. I pray that we would all be willing to say, Lord, by your spirit, do in my own heart what, what you want to do. And Lord, for some, for some, you may want this to be the day a new day, a fresh day of beginning, beginning a relationship with you, or restoring a relationship with you. Lord, thank you for the promise that is ours that we can repent of our sins. We can ask you to forgive us of our sins. And you have said you will forgive us because your son Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for our sins. Thank you for the forgiveness that is ours. Thank you for wanting to adopt us into your family. Thank you for giving to us the promise of heaven. And as I think, Lord, of the many who in recent days have passed away, I thank you, Lord, for the wonderful faith that many of them have expressed along the journey of life. And we rejoice, O oh God, in knowing. We thank the Lord to know that their eternal home is in heaven because of faith and trust in Jesus. And so now, Lord, further touch the hearts of your people. Bless them. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Church family, would you stand? Would you stand? And as we